0: In a chaotic world, your future is safe because God has developed a plan just for you. Today, more on the hope and comfort in one powerful Bible verse as we continue a special edition of Jewish Voice with Jonathan Bernus.
1: Part of the Jewish wedding uh, ritual at the end. We, the male, the groom stamps on a glass, and everybody yells, "Lekhem!" Everybody yells, "Mazel Tov!" Congratulations. Why do we do that? Why, in a, in, a, in a wedding, Jewish wedding, do we stomp on the glass and smash the glass? Well, the rabbis tell us there's two reasons. First of all, we're, re, we're reminded of the destruction of the temple. That in 70 A.D. the temple was destroyed, and even in the greatest celebrations, we remember the destruction of the temple. Now, that's one explanation. I like this one better, that when you break that glass, when the groom breaks that glass, he's saying, this is the end of my life as I know it. By the way, we all have found that to be true, right? When you get married, and for me, it wasn't so much the marriage, it was having kids. When I had kids, I, 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 it's no longer I that lives. You know, it's th- everything's for the kids. That was the big change for me when the groom <laughs> breaks that glass they're declaring this is a permanent act till death do us part nothing can separate us and the declaration in the glass is it, by stamping on that glass is that you have destroyed that glass the old life is past and that act of permanence that this glass can never be put back together is a declaration of the permanent act of marriage that this is a lifetime commitment and i think that's beautiful that you can never put that glass together. Now, we put pieces of that in our mezuzah, and it's over, uh, over on the uh, doorpost of our bedroom. And it's a reminder that we have made this covenant. It's a permanent covenant, a permanent act. That word ra is saying God will never destroy or cause you to, 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 to destroy yourself or bring about anything that will destroy you. That will, And he's talking about morally, he's talking about spiritually, and he's talking about physically. Now let me dig into this. God will not bring harm on you to teach you a lesson. God does not inflict his people with illness to teach us a lesson. So why does someone who loves God, who is faithful to walk with the Lord, experiencing illness? And the answer is because we live in a fallen world. There's such a shock. Oh, they love the Lord. How is it that they could be ill? Because we live in a fallen world. God heals. Not everyone. But I believe in the prayer of faith. I believe on, on anointing that person with oil and the elders praying for the sick. I believe in standing in faith. I believe in the truth that, uh, that by His stripes we are healed. First Peter 2, 2, by His stripes we were healed. I believe in all that. But I also realize that there's, we live in a reality of a fallen world where there's sickness and illness and people die. And I don't have all the answers for that. But this I know, God doesn't inflict us with illness. He says, my plan for you is not to harm you, Ra, physically. I won't inflict illness to teach you a lesson. God says, my plan for you is not to harm you. It's not to bring moral harm into your life. Why do you sin? You sin because of the flesh. You sin because we live in a fallen world and because of temptation and a temptor, Satan, who brings every effort into your life to rob, steal, and destroy, right? That's not God. That's the enemy. So the idea that God causes you to sin is wrong. God will not cause you to sin. Your flesh will cause you to sin. Temptation, the world, will cause you to sin. The enemy, Hasatan, will cause you to sin, but God will take that experience according to His Word, and work it together for good. But don't confuse working something together through good, something you learned in it, and through a sin, as being God's doing. He won't cause you to sin, so He won't morally harm you, He won't physically harm you, and He won't spiritually harm you. It's very, very important to understand. This is a holistic thing that God doesn't bring... Sickness. God doesn't bring destruction upon us to teach us a lesson. We learn the lessons of life through falling into uh, sin because our flesh is at enmity against the things of God, and then we repent and we go on. Do you see? God brings forgiveness. The enemy brings evil. That's the way it works. So God says, my plan for you is not to harm you but to prosper you. And then he says it's to give you a hope. I want to look at that word hope. Friends, the world is lacking hope. There is a hope deficit today, isn't there? The world's spiraling out of control. We have ISIS, we have Iran working towards uh, finishing a nuclear, uh, a, a nuclear weapon and saying we'll destroy Israel and we'll also destroy the infidel, which is all of the Western world. The economy is in shambles. At some point, it's going to cave in. And there's a lack of hope. What's going to happen? What future do I have? And God says, my plan is to give you hope. But hope is a remaining uh, attribute of the kingdom of God. Hope continues on. What is hope? Well, let's look at the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for hope is tikvah. Everybody say that. Tikvah. You can say it at home, too. Tikvah. Literally, the idea of hope, and this is really cool, is that hope is like a cable, okay? And that cable connects the past with the present and the future. God lives outside the realm of time, if I can say it that way. God is outside the realm of time, right? So He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeshua same yesterday, today, and forever. God lives outside that, and so To God, he's in a different realm than the realm of time. But hope is a supernatural word. Tikva is the idea that there is a cable that connects the past from the present from the future, and that cable connects them together.
0: Rabbi Jonathan Burnus will continue in a moment with more insights from his teaching on A Hope and a Future. Are you or someone you love struggling with their faith? Whether it's a terminal illness, the loss of a loved one, financial hardship, or divorce, all of us go through trials and tribulations. Why would a loving God allow me to go through this? Where is God? Why isn't he answering my prayers? Don't give up. There is hope. In his new book, A Hope and a Future, Jonathan Burnus answers these difficult questions and provides biblical answers. For your gift of $40 or more, we want to send you this hardbound special edition printing of A Hope and a Future. In addition, if you call or click now, we will also include the complete A Hope and a Future teaching on DVD. And if you will open your heart and give a gift of $100 or more, Jonathan will personally sign and endorse a book specially for you. We've begun the work, but there is so much more to do. The clock is ticking. Precious Jewish people are dying without the medical care and medicines they desperately need. God said he would bless those that bless the Jewish people. This is your opportunity to bless the Jewish people and in return, be blessed. So please, pick up the phone and call or log on to our website and your best gift right now. And now, more with Rabbi Jonathan Bernus from his teaching on A Hope and a Future.
1: A confident expectation, that's the best explanation or definition of hope. It's confident expectation that the same God who has got us through in the past or brought his people out of Slavery out of trial and tribulation, out of sin in the past. The God who's preserving us today, faith, which is in the now. I believe God now will connect us with his plan for the future. It's this connection, this line of connection that God will see us through. He's watching over us now, but he's got a great future for us. What's the difference between hope and faith? They're almost the same, they're in that they're very closely intertwined together. The difference is the tense. Faith is in the now. We believe God now. We believe that by His stripes we were healed in the now. It's present tense. Hope is faith based on the future or for the future. What lies ahead? See, I believe that Yeshua died for me, but I have confident expectation. I have hope that when I'm absent in this body, when I take my last breath, I will be in the presence of the Lord. It's yet to happen, it's future tense, but it's believing that what God has said in His Word will come to pass in the days ahead. Faith is now, it's a reality now. Hope is it will be a reality because God has declared it. It's confident expectation. Now, it's not, oh, I just hope that this will happen. I'm I'm sure hoping. That's not biblical hope. That's not tikvah. Tikvah is the Word of God declares that I'll be in God's presence for eternity. I believe it. I have confident expectation. The Word of God declares that Yeshua is coming back again. And everyone says, amen. amen. I believe it. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on the shaky idea that if it's God's will, it will. It's based on the reality that God's God's Word says that Yeshua will return, will set up His kingdom, that we'll spend eternity in His presence, that we will make it through, and there'll be better days ahead. Confident expectation in the Word of God. I believe it. I believe it's ahead. It's hope for because God's word has declared it will come to pass. Hope does not arise from our desires or wishes, but from God, who himself is our hope, right? He's our hope. I don't know what's going to happen in the stock market. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I do know what's going to happen to the economy. I know what's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's a reality. I know we'll, there'll be more terrorist acts. I know that the condition of the world will deteriorate and get darker and darker and darker. Some of you, that may be going against your eschatology for your belief of the last days. It will get darker, but for us, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Do you believe that? The light gets brighter and brighter and brighter because he will shine through us, and he has declared, I will restore all things in the last days. That's confident expectation. That's hope. That's a firm assurance about things that are unseen and still for the future faith is unseen realities now faith is unseen promises yet to be fulfilled God's declared it I believe it let me give you an example of of, of human hope a couple of examples hope okay so we all many of us all of us have flown some of us more than others uh, and we go to the gate we get a ticket we go to the gate so that we can get to Houston or a destination that is printed on the ticket right printed on the ticket you go to the gate and the gate says where the flights going and what time it departs and you get on that plane with absolute confidence that that plane is going to make it to its destination now you don't know the pilot you don't know necessarily the condition of the plane You don't know if there'll be some incident, but there's pretty confident expectation. I happen to have more confident expectation than my wife when I get on a plane. Some people that fly every week or even every day are very confident because they've flown again and again and again. You're not there yet. You're getting on a plane that is, the, the promise is that, or the contract, is that you will get to that destination. You don't even think about it. You're going to Houston, you will land in Houston. And the occurrences of of that not happening are very, very rare. Flying is safer than driving. Now, how about this one? You're on a plane. Here's another example of hope. And inevitably, it happens very often. There's turbulence. You hate turbulence? I hate turbulence. I'm still not used to turbulence, but I don't like it. But I guess I'm used to it, but I don't like it. And sometimes I've been on a few flights long-haul flights where it's horrible turbulence the plane starts shaking and you hear you can literally hear the rivets starting to to, to move around there's squeaking and uh, it gets very very uncomfortable I've been on a few flights where the plane actually drops suddenly and that's very very jarring really serious turbulence and when that happens the whole atmosphere of the plane changes right Can anybody identify with me? Some of you watching can identify. There's turbulence, the plane is shaking, and you're wondering, are we going to make it? And I've been on flights where people started crying and screaming. And uh, you can really identify where people are at when there's severe turbulence. You really can, because the, the, the Christians start praying. And you can tell if they're charismatic because they're praying in tongues. you don't care about people around you. You don't you're not going to wait for an interpretation. You're crying out in supplication. help, help. Or, you know, the ones that are non-charismatic, Oh Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, Psalm twenty-three. Or our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm mixing up the two because we just I just had a guest that talked about the, the relationship between the Lord's Prayer and Psalm 23, the Good Shepherd. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you're, they're praying fervently. Christians identify themselves. I was on a flight once from, from Minsk, Belarus, to Kiev in the middle of a thunderstorm. We were screaming out in tongues. We didn't care. The, 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 it was an old plane from the 50s, the door to the cockpit was flapping, the seatbelts didn't work, nothing worked. It was parked next to a biplane, I swear to you, a biplane, you know, from the 20s. You just don't care in a case like that, you don't know if you're going to make it. And then the heathens are cursing, and the frightened people, the majority are just screaming or crying, and it's, a, it's, it's really a, a terrible um, atmosphere, because fear, fear is tangible. And I've been on a few flights like that. Now, what happens when there's turbulence? Always. Even if it's after a, a period of time, the pilot gets on the speaker, on the loudspeaker, right? Gets on the intercom and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, we have turbulence. <laughs> no kidding. The plane is, feels like it's going to fall apart. And then the pilot, in a very calm voice, says, uh, We have a little bit of turbulence. Uh, we're going to be taking, uh, taking um, the plane up to a higher altitude, and uh, in a few minutes uh, we, it should be calming down. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Right, sure. Now imagine this. The pilot gets on the speaker and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, what do I do? Help! If there's somebody that has more experience, get up here, because I've never gone through this before and I'm scared. Can you imagine? There would be such growing fear. It would be horrible. But that's not what happens. What happens is a pilot who's had thousands of hours, in most cases, who's been through turbulence again and again and again, the pilot who is in touch with flight control, with the with the different towers, the pilot who's able to see the... Uh, GPS and the radar, and knows the storm fronts. Who's been through it again and again? In a very peaceful, calm voice, says, "We are going to make it through." And when the pilot says that, the whole atmosphere changes. It's amazing. The people who were screaming out in tongues begin to t- t- still are in tongues, praying in tongues, but it's a p- tongue of praise. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah. And the, Our Father, hallowed be thy name, help us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. After the pilot's spoken, people start, start stop screaming. They stop crying. They stop swearing. The, usually that just calms everybody down. Now, here's the interesting thing. The turbulence hasn't passed. The plane may even go through more turbulence and get worse after the pilot's spoken. But because the pilot has brought assurance and he's got the experience, and he knows this thing, he knows the plane can handle this, everybody becomes peaceful, everybody calms down. And that's an example of hope. That's, a, that's, a, that's an illustration of the idea of God bringing hope to us in the midst of the trials and tribulations of life.
0: Rabbi Jonathan Burnus will continue in a moment with more insights from his teaching on A Hope and a Future. Jewish communities are in critical need. Your gift of support will save lives by providing urgently needed medical care and medicines to some of the most impoverished people on earth. Most importantly, they will hear the life-transforming message of God's love through Jesus the Messiah. We've begun the work, but so much more needs to be done. Please help us while there is still time. Your gift today will save the lives of children who may otherwise die from disease or polluted water. As our thank you for your gift of $40 or more, we want to sow Jonathan Bernis' new book, A Hope and a Future, into your life. This book will answer questions like, if God loves me, why has he allowed me to go through this terrible experience? What is prosperity and how can I walk in it? How can I find out my destiny and fulfill it? And if you call or click today, we'll also include the Hope and a Future teaching on DVD. If you open your heart and give a gift of $100 or more, Jonathan Burness will personally sign and endorse a hardcover copy specially for you. Of course, you'll also receive the Hope and a Future DVD. Help us save and transform lives Please pick up the phone and call, or log on to our website and give your best gift right now. And now, more with Rabbi Jonathan Burnus from his teaching on A Hope and a Future.
1: The pilot of our soul, the one who knows the outcome, the one who has promised I will bring you through, the one who has promised I'm not just the author but the finisher of your faith, is speaking to us to tell us you will make it through and then in the midst of the turbulence of life the trial you're going through you find peace and rest because you have confident expectation from the creator of your soul from the pilot of your life that everything is going to be okay ahead and you just have to make it through with him God has a plan for your life to bring you to an expected end. He has a destiny for you to fulfill here now that no one else will fulfill but you and you have to be obedient. We live in extraordinary days. We live in a time that I believe is the end of the end of days. A time that the prophets long to see. I used to think what an amazing thing if, we, if I had lived in the time of Yeshua, if I had actually seen Him and heard Him teach on the Mount of Beatitudes and been a disciple. But the more I come to understand the times we live in now, the more excited I am to be living here and now in the final wrap-up. And this is not a spectator sport. This is not something we're supposed to step back and watch. This is something we're supposed to participate in, the final ingathering the final redemption of mankind, the return of Yeshua to this earth, and we get to be a part of this. We get to be co-workers with the Spirit of the Living God in bringing redemption to the world. You've all heard that beautiful poem or or story of the the one walking with God and the footsteps in the sand, right? And there's two sets of footprints this one really chokes me up because it's so powerful. And then in the, in the greatest trial, there's one set of footprints, and, and the person is asking the Lord, why? Where were you? And God says, those were my footprints. Because I was holding you. Excuse me, what a, what, a, what a picture of hope. What a picture of God seeing us through. We think we were walking alone, but God was holding us and we didn't even realize it and some of you need to get a picture of that 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 not asking the questions why am I going through this but in the midst of going through the turbulence God is saying I'm holding you I will get you through and God's saying I have a plan for you and it's to give you hope that in the midst of the trial or tribulation you're going through or or sickness or relationship problems with a loved one or lack of finances you need I will get you through if you trust me if you have faith then you'll have hope that there'll be a breakthrough and it will come not a beautiful picture the footprints are his footprints God loves you God has a plan for you and he wants you to walk in hope that what he has promised in his word will come to pass and if you will dial down in the midst of all the noise and call upon him and listen you will hear that pilot of your soul saying i will get you through this hope i have a plan for your life and it's a plan to give you tikvah hope it's no coincidence that the national anthem of the state of israel is hatikvah the hope because the story of Israel is a story of enduring hope that though we are scattered to the nations, though we're in exile, though our temple has been destroyed, though we've been separated from our families, God will bring us through, and he has. And he will bring you through, just as he has restored Israel to their land, and he has preserved them as a nation he will preserve you he will see you through he wants you to walk in confident expectation that he will see you through and you will fulfill your destiny and come into his plans and purposes I want to pray for you at home that are watching I believe you're not watching by accident God wants to, you to break through he's near all you need to do is to reach out he's standing at the door knocking at the at your heart if you've never embraced him as your lord and savior as your messiah if you're at a point of 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 turmoil in your life i want to know that god wants to bring you through greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world he's the author and the finisher of your faith and so i want to join my faith with yours and just pray for a breakthrough right now let's pray father in the name of yeshua I pray for everyone that's watching. They're watching not by accident because you have a plan for them. And I pray that the condemnation, the sense of insignificance, the the uh, unforgiveness will leave them right now and that you will set them free. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And I release freedom and victory into your life. I speak it forth, all condemnation be gone, unforgiveness be gone. I command the victory in your life, not by might or power, but by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. amen. And amen. I put this into uh, both a, a DVD and a book. It's called A Hope in a Future, Live with Expectancy. You may like to read. You might like the uh, DVD version. We want to give both of these to you, sow these into your life as you help us to reach people that are in need. You have a purpose, and God wants you to fulfill that purpose. He has a hope and a future for you.
0: Since 1967, Jewish Voice has provided humanitarian aid around the world while proclaiming the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah and Savior to the Jew first and also to the nations. Jewish Voice has demonstrated God's love by providing medical care, eye care, and dental care, all free of charge to some of the most impoverished people in the world. Your faithful support makes all of this possible so please partner with us. Your generous gift helps transform lives by sharing God's love with those who desperately need it. Just call, click, or write. Thank you, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee.